Bowl. I'm real boy, ask your pedal. You better dash on my class of rebels, cause you know we came to blast when we smashed the metal. Brooklyn, that's how we doing it. Brooklyn, that's how we doing it. Brooklyn, that's how we doing it. y'all what is good welcome to another on everything podcast i'm your host gina dream brown and she is ella brown we got two special guests here today we got gianna gianna and magali and you know we're here to talk about some serious stuff we we're about to get right into it y'all yeah what's going on gene how you doing i'm doing well I had a great week. Uh, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. You know, like uh, somebody didn't wake up today and I woke up. So, you know what? God is good. You know Amen. what I mean? All the time, all the time. You know? And he's right in the midst of this show. And again, oh, yeah. like Jean said, thank you, Magali. Thank you, Gianna, for being here. Um, and the reason why, everybody, if you're listening to us on the radio or whether you're watching us on live, it's kind of a calming spirit that we have in here today because we are talking about something that is very serious. We are talking about women who have served hard time in jail and we are talking about their transformation. So mm-hmm. while you're going to hear from these women and while you're going to hear about the crimes that were committed, you're also going to hear about the transfer transformation and what they're doing now. We do want to put out a disclaimer um, to everyone that some of the things that you may hear on this show today, it may be disturbing, they may be shocking, unsettling. Mm -hmm. Some of you all may even get angry. There are going to be others of you that support the transformation. There are going to be others of you that may identify or not. So we just want to put that out there. And if there are any children, to be mindful of that before we get ready and get started with the show. It's a very serious matter. This is a very, very serious show. And it's going to provide you information. And when you hear from these ladies, believe me, you will you will understand what we're talking about here. So thank you for supporting the show. Again, our call-in number is 646-309-0421. 646-309-0421. Please send us any comments or any questions that you have in the chat. We're going mm-hmm. to go ahead and get started. So let's start with... Thank you again, ladies, for being here and for doing the show. We know that it was not easy. We know that this is hard to talk about, although you've talked about it many times. Every time is difficult. So we want you to know that we understand that, and we really appreciate your presence here on the show. So we will start with Miss Magali. Mm. So Magali, let's tell the viewers and the listeners, our audience, where you're from and a little bit about your background. Okay. Hi, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show, and um, thank you for giving me the chance and the opportunity to be here today and share my story with you all. Um, my name is Magali. Um, I live in the LA area, and um, a little bit background about me and my um, my story would be: um, I grew up in the foster care system, um, the majority of my um, life, and um, I had a very hard upbringing. My mother was sick and had um, schizophrenia and she was also homeless so dealing with that and dealing with having to be in the foster care system um was always a hard transition not having um 
sore, you feel like you belonged in a sense. Um, mm. But um, overall, thankfully, I was placed in a very good foster home that really like provided and was very supportive in during my transition in the time that I had to face while I was in jail. Um, I have three siblings. Um, um, well, I have six siblings, but um, I also they were my foster siblings, and then also two are my biological siblings. And um, currently, I just graduated with my bachelor's um, in sociology, and just living my best life and just trying to be better each and every day. Mm. That's pretty much it for right now. Thank you for that. All right, so tell us, so we got a little bit about your background story. They have a little idea um, of who you are, and they'll get Mm -hmm. get more of an idea as we move forward. So let's start Mm -hmm. with what led up to the crime and actually what happened. Okay, so um, let me go a little bit back. That way it gives it a little bit more information. So... um, I'll go into the full story fully. Um, so <laughs> the day of the incident of the crime that was committed, it was just a regular normal day. Um, I had ditched school with my mm. best friend who is also my co-defendant. And we were just trying to hang out, just, you know, chill and I'll go to school. You know, we all do that at times where we just don't want to go to school and we ditch. It was just, a day like that, um, she had mentioned that her cousin was going to come pick us up and that we were going to be going over to their house, to her house, actually. And I was like, okay, cool. I was just going with the flow. I wasn't really, like, worried or anything like that. Um, but during the whole process, um, we had picked up a few people along the way. She had said, oh, we have to pick up my friend. But when we got picked up, there was already someone in the vehicle, which was... Um, another person who was also involved in the in the situation and the crime that happened and we all went and um we were driving they decided that they needed to stop somewhere i wasn't really Mm -hmm. listening or involved in the whole conversation just because i didn't know any of them except for my friend and i had never met her cousin so i was just there and not really paying attention much but just chilling in the back and they had said that they were going to stop to a house um, and get something that they knew the people that lived in the house. It seemed a little bit unusual to me, but I was not questioning anything. I've always been very quiet to myself and not like, I guess, question mm-hmm. things. I just kind of just sit there and go with the flow. And it did seem odd to me that the house that we were going to was somewhere that I would have never been able, would have thought that I would be going to just because it was a mansion and it was out of my ordinary sense. Um, and they said that they were going to be back real quick, that they had to get something. Um, little did I know that a crime would be committed and that I would be, be charged with murder because during the whole process, they had murdered a woman who was in the home and it was oh, her wow. home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a home invasion gone wrong that ended up in a murder. So they were going in there to steal, and it ended up being that someone died during the whole um, ordeal and crime that happened. And 
while that was happening, me and my friend were driving in the vehicle because they had left, mm -hmm. so she had to drive. And the vehicle had got stuck, and we were trying to get you know to work because we've never driven. I'm a 17 year old girl, and my friend is 16 at the time. We're just young kids, who, you know, born with the flow and just going with whatever's happening that day. And um, eventually, she gets a call saying like, "Oh, pick us up." We go, we pick them up, and they seemed a little bit strange and a little bit off. But again. I didn't question anything. It's not, I didn't know them. So to me, it was in a sense, not my concern. I was just with my friend there and we ended up going back to her house. But during the whole time, the whole vibe and the whole feeling of in the car just seemed really off and something seemed like something happened, but no one said anything. They were just very quiet and hush hush. And they were just, they looked nervous and scared, but they didn't say anything. So then we got to her house and then that's when it was disclosed that they had committed a crime and that um, they had shot somebody in the head, I believe. And I had left after that. I was shocked. I just didn't know what um, to think because this was said to me after the fact, and I was already leaving. I didn't know if this was like true because I didn't see or hear anything about the whole thing. But I was just like, what? What's going on? But later that day, I went on with my day. I went to school because I was um, involved in an after school program where I was working. So um, I had left and then um, I had spoken to my friend and she had let me know that they had killed somebody or they had shot somebody. And mm -hmm. I was just like, what? Like, I just couldn't believe it. But as I was thinking about it, as I watched the news that day, I was just shocked. I couldn't believe it, even though I've watched hours and years of Law and Order, I knew like this was like bad, like already. Like I was like, this is not gonna end up well. Um, I didn't, say anything and I feel like many times guilty because of that because when it happened I was just shocked I was then sure what to say like because mm -hmm. again I wasn't there and I didn't know what really happened it was just what was said through my friend and what was said after the fact that they came asking questions they came looking for everybody and then it was disclosed up we were all going to be charged and we were looking at murder, first degree murder. Wow. So at the time, did you end up actually being charged with first degree murder? Yes. Okay. We were all charged with first degree murder and other, other charges as well, because the people involved in the, well, the guys involved with it were, um, two of them were um, gang members or former gang members and um they they had um gang enhancements added to them and because we were in the same time they were trying to add that and gun charges and other different things but mm. they were they, they were dropped because they were able to see that we weren't affiliated with any um, gang or any type of um you know thing, um clicks or anything like that but mm -hmm. the murder still charge still was there and okay. we yeah we were facing murder without the possibility of parole.
Sorry, that's possibly a problem. And we mm-hmm. have um, Sean put in the chat being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Would you describe yes. it as that? Was that what yes. happened or not? It really was that. Like even when the um, the DA and the detectives came and asked questions and interrogated, they were like, "Oh wow, like you know, this is really like a thing that really happens. Could happen to anybody when you're mm-hmm. just you know." the things that you do as teenagers because you know no one really thinks like you know something's gonna happen when you're riding in the car with friends or with people that you would think that you know you're not thinking of committing crimes but you don't know what other people have in mind and yet Mm -hmm. they still felt like i was part of it and they wanted to um convict me of that because they felt like i was you know involved yes so Going, going through, going through that process, and um, you know, like I, we could get into the trial and all that stuff. But going into that process, how did you feel? Like, I like, were you, were you, you afraid? I, or? Like I, I was definitely afraid. I cried mm-hmm. for months when I was arrested, and um, yeah, sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Okay. It's all right. Okay. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very hard because when you're 17 years old and when you hear like okay you may never get out that yeah. definitely impacts you in a really hard way and mm-hmm. i just didn't know like what was gonna happen like I was we have like, a caller okay. one second magali caller gene you hear the caller no i don't i don't hear the caller Okay, so it looks like they Mm -hmm. hung up, so maybe they'll call back. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now you're at the point where now here are the charges, or this this is where they're trying to, what this is where, what they're trying to charge you with. Yeah. Now, take us to the next step. What happens? So um, they arrested everybody except for um, one of us, which was um, my friend's cousin who was also involved mm. because he fled the country. He actually told on everybody that they were able to find out what everything happened. And then he left and fled mm. the country. So then we were all arrested and charged with first degree murder. And um, uh, we were shocked. And um, when during the whole process of the interrogation and everything, the detectives were like, oh, nothing's going to happen. Like, this is, you know, you're just going to be, you know, you just have to tell us what happened. They were, you know, how they can be very persuasive and manipulative to you try to tell you to say something. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't that. So I was actually arrested at school for um, for this. And it was just crazy because this really affected my whole life. And and it still is something that I deal with constantly. Yes. So right. so th- th- I mean like that trauma like I can't I can't imagine like I'm I mean I've been in situations where I was guilty by association before. Yeah. But I can't imagine that trauma of like going to trial with you know like the possibility of not being able to come home. You know especially yeah. you know at a at a young age and you know you're looking at years on years on years on years and um 
when when you when you got when all right so at the end what did they ended up what was the verdict at the end so everybody the three gentlemen who were involved were um charged but they were convicted of murder so they all got life and um my friend she went to trial and she was actually acquitted because she had one mistrial and then the other one she was i was actually um i took a deal so i got mm -hmm. six years and i um was able to be released um about like, after other trials were done because it was just mm. the deal that i took okay. at the time so how and much go ahead it, i mean like and, that, and that's like a very unfortunate and common thing you know for people and and a lot of communities like um where like we get forced into these deals like yeah. when we actually like a lot of times like you know you actually didn't do anything wrong but you got forced into that deal you yeah. know like and you know like now you pleading out to something and you still didn't do nothing so yeah what, yeah what, it, what, did, what like... i'm sorry go ahead no I'm go sorry. ahead Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I just wanted to know, like, what, what was the actual, I, I don't need the details of the deal, but I want to know, mm -hmm. what did they get you to plead to? To They got me to plead to voluntary manslaughter. So that was mm. what I um, pleaded to. Mm -hmm. And um, it was um, a deal that was given to me because I feel like they kind of thought that I would be able to, like, win my trial, but they were finding a way to make sure that they got somebody for something because mm. they want to make sure that we were all charged with something and i felt like if my friend was the one driving they had a, a possibility of getting her even though she also wasn't in any way involved but yes. it was easier to try to get someone than not get anybody because um mm. that's the way the system works they don't care Absolutely. who but they're willing they got to get somebody. Anybody. Yeah, exactly. And I felt mm -hmm. like at the time, I was dealing with a lot of people who I was in jail with who were getting life, like mm -hmm. 15, 25, 50, you know. And in my head, I thought, like, it's either I take this deal or I never go home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you ended up doing, so Magali, we have um, Laisha Drew. Thank you, Laisha says that's crazy Connie Shaw says geez you didn't have an uh an alibi no she was she was in the car she was in the car and they picked her up at school let me ask you so six years was on the table how many years did you end up doing I ended up doing about three about three yeah and then you went home after that were you on like probation or anything or you just I went was home? On, I, so my deal consisted of me um, pleading to um, going up to prison, but because of the time that I had served, I um, was I just I took I got a number as if I went to prison. But after I got out, I still had to do three years parole. Wow. Okay. So I was on parole for three years, and then I was discharged from um, my my parole sentence that I had to complete. I want to so ask. Go ahead, G. I wanted to ask Gianna, did she want to chime in on that? Yeah, the, the parole system is is um is an interesting entity, just say that. But but for one thing, I just want to um just want to elaborate that 
it doesn't matter if you're guilty, if you've actually done the crime or you knew about the crime or you even knew about the crime afterwards. Not saying anything is what causes the guilt Mm. burden. Okay. That's what, that's what they're looking at. Oh, you had a chance to say something. You had a chance to get away. And they make up all these things, right? This is the DA and the prosecutor in that. So in Magali's defense, I would say, one, she's young, inexperienced, naive, never been to prison, never been to jail, never any of that. So they targeted her because of that, right? And because, like she said, they just need to put it on somebody, right? Now, they knew they didn't have a lot of evidence and all that kind of stuff. And if she would have taken it to trial, she probably would have got acquitted right? Because there really wasn't any evidence. Now, the thing is, is those uh, DAs, prosecutors and that, their their job is to make you or force you or coerce you or beguile you into thinking, if you don't take this deal, you're going to die in prison. They, they make it the worst scenario, which is not the case. But to someone inexperienced, it, it just sounds horrific. So she was, in, in, in layman's terms, okay, she pled guilty to a crime that she did not commit, but she knew of third and fourth hand afterwards that could or could not be true. We don't know. She didn't know. She didn't see anything. She didn't witness anything, right? So then there's that factor. And the second factor is, Doing time, uh, um, just doing the the whole, you know, oh, I'm going to serve all this time in the county jail. That's worse sometimes than going to prison sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. So even waiting this whole thing out and playing the whole thing out and stressed out and all that, yes, you are going to take the least amount of time. You know Mm -hmm. why? Because they make it harsh for you. They make it so egregious for you not to do that. Right. Especially a young a young lady. Right. And that's the unfortunate thing about the judicial system. They are designed to give you the horrific end result, which it may or may not be true, so that you would choose to say something irregardless if it is true or not, just to avoid that huge end result. And so I'm just. I'm just so sorry that happened to you. I really am. So, so, so yeah. what has your life been like since, since, since that? Like, you know, like I know we up against it a little bit as far as time. So, I just want you to tell tell us, like, how's your life been ever since you've been released? Um, I'm, I'm I'm getting over it, the trauma. Mm-hmm. I feel like the trauma would never really leave because, like, I had spoken um, before many times about this. Like, I feel like. I still feel guilty about it all, and I feel like I kind of can't deal with, like, forgiving myself for it, even though I know that, like, I've done my time, and I've Mm -hmm. laid my life, like, to be better each and every day, and Mm -hmm. it's still something that, like, I feel like haunts me, even though I try to move forward from it, because it's it's a constant reminder, like, I want to be my best self constantly, Mm -hmm. because of a Y and Z, you know, like, and um, I think I've, I'm 
trying to do better, you know, like I, when I got out, I got my high school diploma. I mm -hmm. went and got my AA. I just got my BA and I'm hoping to get my master's in counseling. Yes. So I'm working towards mm -hmm. things and I'm, I'm creating these goals and these achievements and these dreams that I felt that I wasn't going to be able to have for myself at some time in my life. And just moving forward and grateful for the, for the opportunity to be able to be home and be here because I met so many people who didn't have a chance to mm -hmm. go home and see their families again. And I'm one of the lucky ones and, and truly blessed to be here today in general. Magali, I want to ask you something. With all of that and with everything that you're accomplishing now, showing these, yes, what what you were involved in, even though you did not pull the trigger, was a horrific crime. So we're not taking anything away from the victims. We understand yeah. that. We recognize that. And that's what happened. But what of you course. have been able to accomplish, you know, going on, getting your degrees, going on, wanting to get your master's, all of that stuff speaks volumes. Before we finish with, or we conclude your story, what is something that's dear to your heart that you're doing this show for? And what do you want our audience to know? I just want to say thank you for allowing me to share my story and for um, listening in to great stories that are very powerful and that need to be heard. Because as you hear from Gianna and as you heard from me, like these are things that like, affect us constantly and we're still shrugging and moving forward from it and not letting us convict us of it because like you said like it doesn't take away from the hurt and the pain that we've all brought onto you know families who have to face you know the mm -hmm. loss and and um i just hope that they're able to one day forgive me all right so that I can, yeah your courage for being on this show speaks volumes and you're going to continue to do good because good comes after bad. So understand that you do not stop. You keep on teaching other people because the whole reason is why we're doing this show is to have other people not in, get into the situations that you were in. Yeah. So we appreciate you. We appreciate your story. You are going to move forward from this and you are going to do phenomenal things and you do not stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. That's right. You just keep going forward. Like, you know, that's one thing that. I know about God is that he specializes in great outcomes. Amen. You know what I mean? No matter where you came from, there's always an opportunity and to make that situation better. So, you know, like, we just want to encourage you. Keep going forward. We thank yeah. you so much for sharing your story with us. And we're going we're gonna to go on a brief break right now. We appreciate okay. you so much, though. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Right thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. And we're back. We're back. Okay. We're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> we are getting ready. I'm going to tell you. Let me, let, oh. Go. Yeah. All right. 
Thank y'all so much for watching the On Everything podcast. We're sponsored by Saying by Sayings by Butter Clothing. By Butter. Butter, we appreciate you. You dope. You're amazing. Uh, and if we, if anybody has any questions or anything, you could call in. The number is nine two nine four four one two four one seven. Thank you so much. And we're gonna jump right into Gianna's story. Gianna, tell us where where you're from. Give us a little bit about your background. Well, thank you again for letting me um, share this platform with you. I really do appreciate that. Uh, what an honor. Um, my story is beginnings is similar to Magali's. I grew up in the foster care system. Unfortunately, um, back when I grew up in it in the late 60s, it was a little, a little more grievous, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't take care of the children. They used them as a check, basically. Uh, so I am a statistic, and I want to tell you why I'm a statistic. I am one of five million children who witnessed domestic violence on a daily basis until mm. I was 16 years old. Wow. I am one of 300 million girls aged two to four who suffered the trauma of psychological damage of repeated sexual, physical, mental, and emotional abuse. And I am one of 76% of girls who suffered continual sexual, physical, and emotional abuse until the age of 18. I am one of 32% of young girls aged 10 to 18 Mm -hmm. who attempted suicide at least once. And I am one who then took the life of an innocent victim, a victim of my own horrific circumstance. Mm -hmm. I committed a robbery. It turned into a fight, and I killed him. It was an accident. It was not planned. It was not on purpose. And yet this man, this young man, lost his life because of my past, the way I was raised, the way I was mm -hmm. mishandled and abused and, and misused. And that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew. Now, that's not an excuse. Please do not get me wrong. Right, right. I was mm -hmm. 16 years old, and I ran away from an abusive home that was so horrific, I believed I would be better off living homeless on the streets. Fending for myself, please, mm. I did not, do not ever blame my horrific life experience, although I do recognize that it is a negative predictive factor in my decision to take another's life. It mm. was not my right to do that. I had no mm. right. I went to trial. I, I went to, uh, I was arrested. I went to county jail. This was back in 1984. 1984? Yes, 37 years ago. Wow. Mm. Um, they wanted to give me the death penalty. Then they wanted to give me life without. My lawyer, uh, which was a public defender and my, my savior, basically, he said, no, no, no. You have to understand this young lady went through so many things, mm. right? And they, they whittled it on down to... Uh, me to take a plea of 25 to life, which I did. 
because I did. I killed the gentleman. I'm not, I would never say I didn't do it. And the judge told me at sentencing, I spent 11 months and three weeks in the county jail with this case. He wow. said, Miss, Miss, uh, Miss, he said, I am so sorry to have to give you the sentence. I have to by law, but had somebody taken notice of your abuse at any time before then, we may not be having this conversation. And mm. I'm so sorry that your life turned out this way. But I see in you something, some strength, some tenacity that you can hold on to. And I know that you will make it out of prison a better woman. I know that. You will mm. not enter, you will enter prison a young girl at 18, but when you when you release when you're released, you will be a, a phenomenal woman. Wow. And I spent 33 years in prison. Mm. I was found suitable two times. Mm -hmm. The first time the governor denied me because he was going out of office. The second time. Diana, tell us what that means so the audience knows when you say suitable. Okay, so when you're a lifer, you have to go before uh, uh, the board of prison terms, which is, which is a, a commissioner and a, a deputy commissioner. They are mm -hmm. appointed by the governor to, to hear your case. And basically, they take you through another trial, right? And they want to see if you are a risk to society to repeat the same behaviors, right? So I proved to them that I was not. And they agreed. And they said, parole granted. But unfortunately, uh, when I was uh, granted, Schwarzenegger was in office and he uh, was le leaving at the same time, right? So he yes. just denied everybody. I had to wait another three years to go back to board. And when I went back to the board again, they said, absolutely. But the interesting thing was my, my attorneys contacted my judge. Mm -hmm. And my judge wrote a letter saying, I am absolutely appalled that this woman is still in prison. She has gone above and beyond. She has done more than I have ever known anyone to do in prison. You must release her. And wow. they did. And they did. And I'm me, very grateful for that. Let me ask you this. Because 33 years, 33, right? Mm -hmm. That is a long time to <laughs> yeah. give, as I guess you're saying, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. To give our audience our viewers as well as our listeners, an idea because the whole end goal too of what we're doing today is to make sure that people don't get into the same situations, that there's help out there that maybe you did not have to be able to navigate life so that you don't have to do it on your own and end up making a decision that could cause someone's harm. Speaking about, or back a little bit, when you were in jail, and I'm not sure if this is the county or prison, and you correct me if I'm wrong. When you were in jail, give them an idea of what it was like. And the reason I say that, because we have so many young kids, mm -hmm. girls and boys, who want to go to jail. They want to make the name. They have no idea at all. And I know you've seen some as well in the work that you do. They have no idea what they are up against. So I just want them to get a visual of what they are up against and why you do not want to go there. Well, I had a very interesting experience in the county jail waiting to go to 
waiting to be sentenced and then go on to prison. Um, uh, there was two officers there that just absolutely did not like me at all. And they pushed my buttons to the nth degree. Finally, I just snapped and I went off on them verbally. So they decided that they were going to teach me a lesson and that I would be a lesson to all the other inmates. They came in at three o'clock in the morning, took me out of my cell, handcuffed me to the elevator and took me on an elevator ride where they stopped the elevator in between floors and they wanted to uh, do some physical damage. Unfortunately, what they didn't know was I'm a street fighter and I don't fight fair. So, yeah, I got a little few bumps and bruises, but one crawled away and mm -hmm. one basically was so in so much pain she couldn't even talk, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not going to let somebody do me in. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. And that was the old county jail. That was that was 33 years ago. Can you imagine how it is now? They no. don't care. You're just no. a member. You're nothing. Yeah. You're nothing. Your job security to them. That's it. Mm -hmm. And, and then how care. how is the county jail? Because then that happened at the county jail. Mm -hmm. And then for the audience or the listeners who are not savvy about the prison system, the county jail, but then you went on to prison. Right. And I was scared to death. Just, I'm going to keep it real. I'm 18 years old, going on 19, and I'm facing a life sentence. And I'm going, uh, oh, shit. I better up my game. Now, I know uh, what I can do. I, I know. But I don't really want to do that. Right? Mm -hmm. So, um, this incident in the county jail kind of did all that for me. That story yeah. was so... <laughs> They, somebody put steroids on that story so much that yeah. we got to the prison before I did, right? And now they're looking for this six foot tall, crazy white girl that's six brand, foot. Are you six foot, new. Gianna? Yeah, I'm six foot girl, all of it, six foot, right? Okay. A crazy mm -hmm. white girl who will drop you in a minute. Like, there's, don't even look at her crazy, right? She just mm -hmm. off. A young one, a young girl doing a life sentence. So when I, I didn't know that when I get on the bus and I go on up there to a California institution for women in Chino, I get off the bus and they, they ask, uh, who's, who's a Redwood? Uh, I'm like me. They were like, step out of line. Well, I couldn't, I was shackled to the girl in front of me and the girl in back of me. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to work out great. And I did it just like that. And the lady looked at me and she said, did you hear what I said? I said, uh, yeah, did you hear what I said? And then the sergeant came running around and she said, uh, she said, leave her alone. Leave her mm -hmm. alone. Well, I'm going to handle this. So she unshackled me and took me off to the side. And she said, look, we already know what you're about. We don't want to have any problems here in this prison. Just do your time so you can go home. Yeah. Agreed. And I said, yeah, sounds reasonable to me. Maybe you ought to tell your staff that. She says, I'm going to. I said, mm -hmm. maybe you should have told them before I got here. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so I wasn't even off the bus. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And they were already coming at me, and I'm like, oh, wow, I got another 25 years to look forward to this? So Jeez. that that really just pushed me up there to, to the point where, you know what, I've got to go big or don't even go, right? Yeah. I might as well just try to just kill myself now. And so I did. And I was a shot caller for, for 10, almost 11 years in there, the first uh, 10 or 11 years. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't by accident. That was done purposely because I knew that if I didn't, all bets were off. Right? So, so, so by shot caller, what do you, what do you mean by shot uh, caller? I ran, I ran the yard. I ran it. I ran mm-hmm. the yard like I was calling shots. Something needed to be done. I told them what to do. I told who what to do, and they did it. Mm. Yeah. I ran my my race. African Americans ran theirs, the Latinos ran theirs, and everybody was happy. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not proud of that. Right. Yeah. It's what mm-hmm. I did to survive. It's the same thing that I did from day one. I had to protect myself. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? Man, I have never ever had to look back and go, wow, what a great time I had. Right. I can't, you can't do that. Right. I'm just grateful I'm alive. Right. But you know what? There came a point about 12 years into, into my sentence. And I thought, man, you know, I can't keep doing this. This, this is stressful. (laughs) Cause now I'm wondering who's going to tell on me and oh my God, am I going to add charge and all of that. So I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. People re- respected me out of fear. Now I wanted people to respect me for real, right? And so I turned that whole thing around. If I could shot call and tell people what to do in a bad way, in a negative way, right? Why couldn't I do that in a positive way? Right. And that's okay. exactly what I did, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't like being in mice. I hated myself, right? Hated my celly. Everything about it was just made me want to vomit every day. So I chose uh, education to get up out of my cell because that was the longest program that I could stay out of my cell for. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I earned a, good, a degree. Then I became mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, the overseer of the whole education department. And, and I wow. was tutoring people to get their GEDs. And I mean, I was making some difference. I was, I was doing yeah. good. And people mm-hmm. started respecting me for that. And then I started getting, um, uh, uh, you know, jobs working for lieutenants and sergeants and and captains. You know, I worked for the I worked for the warden, but wow. I had the respect that was genuine. It wasn't out of fear. It was because I showed up every day and I was consistent every single day, and I did the same thing every single day, and that was walk respectfully. Be respectful, and you will get your respect, period. Let me ask you this, Gianna, because we have, and Jean, I know you see it. We have so, so we've lost the chat. The chat is like way up. So I will say this. I think, and I'm going to just skip over some um, so that I can get you guys. I'm sorry, audience. Um, Mike Call said, God bless you. I think that was for Magali. Yeah, that was Um, Magali. Yeah, and Sean Blessings, um, Kwani Shai, um, Hassan Fire. Okay. Keisha says, thank you so much for bringing situations like this to the light. I love this show. Thank you, Keisha. Um, 
moving down because I know some of those were from Magali. Um, okay, here's where Kwanisha Shah started 33 years. She wants to know how long have you been home? Um, and then of course, there's some shout outs for you, but she wants to know how long you've been home. And what I mean by shout outs, I mean that people are listening to your story about 33 years in the shot caller and they're, they're looking at like, gosh, you really had to, you know, do this to make it. So let's answer the, how long you've been home. And then Kwani Shah also said, what kind of work did you have in prison? But you just said the education, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I was mainly a, a secretary. If you, I was a clerk, mm-hmm. but I was the highest paid clerk because I was very efficient and, and that I'm just, you know, ultra responsible. Right. Yeah. So, and that really worked for me. Um, uh, so, so I was released February 2nd, 2018. Mm. Okay. Not long ago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. February 12th, February 12th. Sorry. 2018. Okay. And yeah, it's like, it's kind of weird. It's like, I never left society. I Mm. have, I have more today this very day that i have ever had in my entire life wow i have more strength i have more serenity i have more um i have more uh, people who support me and they're not family mm-hmm. okay i have no family they've all yeah. disowned me and that's okay because mm-hmm. you are the problem you are the reason why i ended up the way i am mm-hmm. Bye. no love lost there right yeah. but i don't need you I don't need you to make me who I am today. Matter of fact, I thank my experience for making me who I am today. Because had I not done this, I don't know where I would be. I might have been dead. That's right. I don't know. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter. What does matter is I made a decision and I kept making the same decision. Turn around and go the opposite direction. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how many days you cry. I don't care anything because I had some issues. Matter of fact, my issues had, uh, I think I have about three generations of issues. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got rid of most of them. Thank God. But you know what? I am a more than a, I am more of a woman today than I could ever hope to be because Mm -hmm. of my experience. Because one thing that I have learned is bad people, yeah, bad people are everywhere. I was a bad people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do some dumb stuff. But guess what we do? We give somebody or they gave me an experience to learn from. And I took a lesson from that. Mm-hmm. And my lesson that I learned was just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Mm. Right? So just because I could do a robbery or just because I was out there doing my thing doesn't mean that I should have. Now, I was young and I was stupid. Got it. Right. But even inside, there were dumb things that I did. Thank God I never got caught for. I probably would yeah. still be there. Right. But here's exactly. the thing. I kept making a decision about my own life. I was in charge mm-hmm. of me. My, I had my own autonomy. And so that meant a lot to me. When I ran away at 16 thinking I would be on my own and I would be okay, I would be in control of my life. I wasn't. Now I am. Because I got this question. Okay. Go ahead, Gianna. No, 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 no. Go ahead. 
You know why? And you let me know because we spoke about this, Mm -hmm. but you let me know if you don't want to cover it, it's fine. But it's just what you said right there that made me think about it. When you're talking about the decisions we make Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we make those decisions, period. There's nobody, you know how people say, well, this person got me, but at the end of the day, you made that decision. You have to figure out how you're going to deal with that and live with that and then how you're going to transform moving forward. The reason I say that is because what about not only youth are youth, men and women, but adults too, who have people even right now as we're doing the show, I'm sure doing criminal activity and somebody telling them what to do and then they start getting brainwashed. And when I say brainwashed, it brings me to that situation that you and I spoke about in prison, how those girls were brainwashed. And so I just wanted to bring that brainwashing to the forefront because a lot of times people make those decisions trying to please somebody else or believe, you know, that this person has their back or whatever. And they're the ones that end up getting in the situation with right. those, you know, and, and, and you're absolutely right. And, and, um, I, I believe we were talking about, um, the Manson girls. Mm. Now, if you're as old as I am, or maybe a little bit younger, you I may remember. remember that. That was horrific. That was horrific. But let me tell you what you don't know. Okay. Prior to that, these girls were lost. They needed to be needed and belong somewhere because they didn't come from a family that wanted them or cared about them. So they kind of just meandered along and thought, oh, well, I'll just go try over here, whatever that. Back in the day was that hippie free love kind of kind of stuff. I get it. But the problem was there was a predator out there and he was a master predator. And he looked for people just like those girls. Because mm. it wasn't just those girls. It was a whole bunch of people, men and women, that he manipulated in a most peculiar, masterful way that caused them to believe that if, hey, he went went along with the program, they would be loved. They would be accepted. They would be, uh, uh, um, um, you know, all that thing would be okay. But it wasn't. It was all a manipulation. And sometimes, yeah, dysfunction of family can make you grow up with, with uh, 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 uncontrollable rage. Absolutely. I had it. I learned mm-hmm. that violence solved everything. You know how I learned that? Because they acted it out on me. I learned that. If I wanted mm-hmm. you to be quiet, I'm, I'm going to do something about that violently. Because that was what happened to me. It's the same thing. It's a condition, learned, response based on bad information. And so, hey, those, just like me, I didn't wake up that day and go, oh, hey, I think I'm going to go kill somebody. No, that was an accident. Mm-hmm. That was purely accidental. They, they were conditioned and beguiled and manipulated to the nth degree by a master. And, and that's so bad. Wait, wait, to be, wait, to be yeah. clear, are, are you saying that you, you were like in jail with like the Manson? Yeah, girl? I lived oh, on the okay. same unit. Wow, really? Matter of fact, I worked with Susan for like four years before she passed away. Oh my goodness. And, and That's so. wow, right? Yeah. Right. She, she met them in there, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and they're just regular people. Mm-hmm. 
of they're course. just regular people. Like mm-hmm. it, it hurt me to to it hurt me for Leslie to keep coming back and saying I got denied, I got denied, I got denied. Mm-hmm. She is she's so humble about that. Yes. Because she knows that she has changed. But society will not change with her. Mm. And society will not allow her change to be exposed. Well, you know? I mean, that that's one of the problems with society today. We label people by their mistakes. Right. So right. even back in the biblical days, like if you read Come some on. of the stories, you, you can look and you'll see the woman with the issue of blood. Right. She's labeled by her problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what we tend to do in society today. We just label people by their problems. So if you committed like a crime that was as horrific as that was, and you, or you were involved with it, they identify her by the mistake that she made. Absolutely. And I so. had labels too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of them, but I mm-hmm. refused to wear them. Yes. I refused. When I left that, before I left that prison, 22 years before I even left that prison, I was tearing those labels off because I refused yes. to walk around with some dehumanizing, devaluing, uh, impersonal uh, garbage on me. I'm not a garbage can. Exactly. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm a woman. Yes. I'm a beautiful woman that God created for mm-hmm. something great. And today Amen. is that day. Today, I show mm-hmm. how good God is. Today, yes. I show how great God yes. is mm-hmm. and what he can do with a with a messed up girl. Yes. Let me say this, Jean. We got Roxanne, a comment in the chat. Mm-hmm. So Roxanne says, sometimes the dysfunction of family can make you grow with uncontrollable rage that only you can calm down. I'm glad you turned all the negatives, turned them into positive reactions. Thank you for sharing. Hassan wants to know what type of work are you doing now? And amen from Hassan. Thank you. Um, I'm a drug and alcohol counselor. Wow. But So you went, You did you go to school in prison? Did you come yes. out and go to school? Okay. Yeah, I went to school, got my degree. I got a degree in school, uh, in prison. I came out. I went to college. I just graduated June 11th with four degrees. Wow. And um, had COVID not have happened, I would have been able to graduate Pi Theta Kappa. However, mm-hmm. based on my uh, GPA and president's list for four times, it, it wow. wasn't afforded, right? Mm-hmm. But I did graduate with full honors. Yes. And I was accepted wow. into uh, Cal State Fullerton and on the honors. And I will be starting uh, next month for my for my bachelor's and my MSW. I'm also a certified domestic violence counselor. I'm also wow. a specialized certified trauma and crisis interventionalist. Mm-hmm. Where um, if someone is on the brink of suicide, they call me. And I intervene and I get them help and I pull them back from that edge and I get them the, the, the help that they need. Most of the time, it's, it's a mental health issue. Right? Yeah. And, and I'm also, um, a, I specialize in uh, group therapies where we, where we hone in on trauma and recovery. So, mm-hmm. so there is a different, you know, that you have to recover from the trauma. 
You don't just yeah. recover from the drugs and alcohol. You no. have to recover from trauma. Yeah. I'm also a certified Christian counselor mm -hmm. and oh, wow. a Christian 12-step facilitator. So wow, there's a geez. lot of things, right? How hard was it for you to start your... Um, say say that chat again. How hard was it for me? Was to it hard? Over? Was it hard for you to start your career? She said, "Absolutely not. I started it inside. Mm -hmm. I became what I wanted to be when I got out because I knew, I knew God was not going to leave me there. I knew mm -hmm. that there was no way that you could convince me that I had to go through all the crap I did, and I went through some crap. Let me mm -hmm. tell you." Stuff that'll make you just cry and be mad and want to go find them folks and kill them yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, he knew that I could handle it because he knew in the end what I would do with that story. And yes. that is what I'm doing mm -hmm. today. That's what I've been doing for the past 22 years because I don't, I, I don't have, uh, uh, um, I told God 22 years ago, I said, look, if I give this up, which was my negative behavior, I said, make my life count for something. Mm. And he did. Boy, did he ever. Man, it's just mm. phenomenal. So, yeah. so today, today, I do not allow my past to dictate my future. Mm -hmm. Never. With the help of invaluable therapy, raising my awareness on, you know, cause and effect of my abuse. Uh, mm -hmm. Incremental forgiveness for those people and the holistic healing that I am a champion of hope and restoration. Mm. I am a statistic of change. Wow. I mean, yes. Yes. I cannot give what I do not possess. I mm -hmm. cannot receive what I refuse to believe that I need. It's mm -hmm. impossible. So now I know firsthand the beauty of loving on purpose the limitless possibilities of living with intention and mm -hmm. the law of reciprocity, which is exhibited through living open-handed because tomorrow is built on the hope that I live in today. Yeah. That's right. And that's how I have to be. Mm -hmm. I have to have that revolving around my head 24 hours a day. Otherwise, everything I've done is for nothing. It's for not. Let me ask mm -hmm. you this. With all of that, what's your accomplishments? What what your accomplishments? Let me clarify. Your accomplishments and what you're still accomplishing <laughs> is you. phenomenal to Thank say you. the least. And we know that. And our audience is saying congratulations. Our audience is saying wow. Our audience is saying living testimony because it really is. And you are so many people are afraid to speak out because they're afraid of what people are going to say and they're afraid and so they keep that testimony with them and then they never do anything with it and then they you know they get nervous the guilt and all of that stuff but because of who you are and who god created you to be like he created everybody individually right you have that strength and power to and perseverance to continue not only continue but to speak out to the masses yeah. that are going to watch this show. Even the people, if they haven't tuned in today, they're going to tune in tomorrow. The people are listening now, whatever. And so you truly are a testimony, Gianna. And I want you to know that we all fall short of the glory of God, no matter what you do. It is about after you have done that, and it can be a horrible crime, horrific, 
You know, because that was somebody's son, daughter, husband, whatever. And they know. And you have to live with that, knowing that your actions did that. And so let's be clear. But to do that and to not fall into suicide, to not fall back into a life of crime and go back to prison, all that, and to keep pushing forward and just to keep educating yourself, educating yourself. And what you're educating yourself on, you are doing it for others. And you're coming on here to speak when you did not have to. You're coming on here to put a message to help somebody who needs to hear what you are saying here today. It is Mm. phenomenal. Thank you. You have to keep going. And I know that you will because you already have it in you because you are going to do the good and you are going to actually stop people from offending. You are going to stop people from having low self-worth and self-value. Everything that you are saying and that you've said here today reaches every single part of what somebody who is watching and is internalizing needs. And it's going to continue and continue and continue and continue. And so since that continues and your message continues, you have no choice but to continue. Right. You have no choice but to continue. So I yeah. want you to know that we I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop at all. I, and you I won't. Can't. You can't. Can. You can't. And I want to say something. And the reason I'm saying it is because I know we're coming up on the end of the show because Gianna, those of you who are meeting her for the first time, her story is much more powerful than an hour show, right? Because it's real life. And I, I, it is much more powerful than maybe even Gianna believes. Gianna's living it. This is her truth. This is all that. So she knows her story. But for the masses, those of us who did not live that story, it is extremely powerful. So I'm saying that to say, I did not put it, Jean, I'm sorry, I did not put it at the top of the hour, but... You can see Gianna, and there are other women, Gianna and Magali, who we had mm-hmm. here today earlier. Yeah. They are both on this documentary called mm-hmm. Tomorrow. And let me get my phone. It's called Tomorrow. It is on YouTube. Dr. Reese is the one who did the documentary and also the founder. And Gianna can check me on this because I want I don't want to end the show yet because I want to talk about a little bit just about Gianna when she went through Dr. Reese's um, program or Gianna, you can tell me how that is. But this show, you guys, is called Tomorrow on YouTube. You will see Gianna, parts of her story. You will see Magali and you will see other women who have had horrific experiences and have inflicted pain on others. However, what they're doing now to turn their lives around. Also, the the Dr. Reese's show Mm -hmm. tomorrow, I'm sorry, won Los Angeles Film Award, Los Angeles, California, for the best documentary feature. So I'm encouraging you to check that out. I'm also wanting to thank Mr. Robert Lacey, Gene member Mr. Lacey. We had him on a previous show to tell his story about being, you know, um, convicted. And of course, now he's out. So Robert Lacey, I want to give a special shout out and thank you too, because he was a catalyst to help put this in motion so that we could speak with Gianna and Magali and get her on this show. Dr. Reese also was a major part of getting these ladies on the show. And I know people don't see the background of what it took, but these ladies also are busy doing other things. So that's why we are thankful for them being on the show and hearing their story. We will also have a part two where we look at 
the victims of certain circumstances. And that will be later. But as far as this story and as far as people who have committed the crimes, the hope is that you're going to take this lesson from these ladies and that that is going to encourage you in whatever way. And if you feel like, you know, you are around the wrong people or you're going down the wrong path, these are exactly the type of people you need to tune into and to contact because they have lived it. They have the experience. And like I said, Gianna only gave us a short view of her life. When I tell you her story is riveting, it is riveting. It is so much more to this woman. So I just want to put that out there. Thank you, um, Gianna. Uh, Jean, what do you Gianna, want to add? I'm sorry. Yeah. Gianna, I just wanted to ask you, are you are you doing like any um public speaking engagements or um any any type of speaking and counseling where you're doing like large groups of people? Um, I haven't, I'm, I can, but I, I just haven't had the opportunity. I haven't been asked or, or have the platform for it. Mm -hmm. So if you would like for me to, absolutely, I would do it. I don't have a problem with that. You know, okay. Uh, like, I'll, yeah, I'll reach out to you. Yeah, for sure. I do. Um, I am staff at the reintegration Academy, which is with Dr. Reese. Um, mm -hmm. I'm an alumni. I graduated. Matter of fact, uh, I met him when I was in prison, uh, to, um, integrate his prison education project at the prison I was in. And so that's how I met him back in 2011. And I've been mm -hmm. uh, knowing him ever since he's my mentor. When I got out, uh, he asked me to, to please come to and, and be a, um, a participant in the reintegration Academy. He mm -hmm. opened it for women and lifers. It used to just be for young, young men, juveniles. But when he heard my story and he talked to me and he got to know me, he was like, no, nah, you guys need it too. And so mm -hmm. I opened the door for that. And ever, and, and uh, since I was an alumni, he asked me on to be staff. So I do. I, I do the, the cohorts. I'm one of the staff members. And so um, that's how I was able to, to do the documentary. I've done a lot of different uh, documentaries for and with him. So um, absolutely. Um, and I wanted to just, I did want to just uh, quickly say, you know, um, like like um, Ella was saying, you know, we, we can beat ourselves up all day. Yeah. I, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over that. Yeah. Now, now I want to help you not beat yourself up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because it's not worth it. It's not, you're not getting anywhere. Right. And here's, mm -hmm. this is a quote that I live by. Okay. And it's by Fulton. Orsler. And it says, many of us crucify ourselves between two thieves, regret for the past and fear for the future. Well, for me, I got down off the cross. Christ got on the cross and he said, you are forgiven. Go Come forward on Come and on. do your thing, girl. You preach it. Come on now. That's right. Okay. Intelligy. You know, and so mm -hmm. I'm not trying to make this into a, a you know a church service, but you know I no, gotta no. give God His credit. That's right. Absolutely. Were it not for Him, mm. I would mm. not be here today. Mm. I I know mm. that absolutely unequivocally. I know mm. that for a fact, right? And because of that, if mm. He can love the unlovable, why can't I? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's my whole, 
that's my whole uh, life premise now. I live mm -hmm. in the triune. Yes. Right? The mm -hmm. triune of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But it's also a triune of, of, of sobriety. Yes. From alcohol. 37 mm -hmm. years clean and sober. Wow. But wow. Here's, what, here's, here's what puts that whole thing together. Right? And I said it before. I love on purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay? And not I only live, do you love on I purpose. Live, I live with intention. Yes. There, there's a meaning. Mm -hmm. There's purpose. There's drive. There's motive. And it's nothing false. It's nothing fake. Nothing phony. Nothing ulterior. Right? Mm -hmm. And I live open-handed because I know for a fact if your hands are closed, you're defensive. If your hands mm -hmm. are open, they will give and receive at the same time. That's wow. the law of reciprocity. Mm -hmm. I am so that's what I do. Gene, what were you going to say? We got a little no, clap. No, Thank was, you, producer. No. Producer gave a little clap in the background. Uh, what what I, what I was going to say was like not only is she loving on purpose she's living right. on purpose and right. you know like sure. it's a beautiful thing like um just to witness your strength you know like your story is amazing yeah. you know like through your the unfortunate situation I'm glad that you had the strength to turn around and do the right thing with yourself yeah. like you. there's a there's so many people who you know once they make that mistake they're like okay I'm here and I, I'm just going down this this road, but you, you know, through through God and you know through your strength and your courage, you were able to pick yourself up. And not only were you able to pick yourself up, you were able to pick others up, which is right. you know that that is the the highest uh, calling from God. Right. Um, you because know, the, he the, says the, you go through things so that you mm -hmm. can help another go through their thing that you've already gone through. That's why he gives us these. He allows these circumstances to happen. Yes, yes mm -hmm. there is sovereign will, there is free will, and there is God's will. I get it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes in that sovereign will, he will allow things to happen the way that they're supposed to play out, whether they're mm -hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. That's sovereign that's mm -hmm. God's sovereignty. Yes. Right? But he knows mm -hmm. the end result anyway. Yes. And he knew. He mm -hmm. knew. When they tried to abort me in the womb, he knew. Oh. No, she's not going to die. When they tried to kill me in the bathtub Come on. after I was born, no, she will not die. When they tried to kill me other kinds of ways, Come on. no, she will not die. She is mm -hmm. mine. She will not wow. die die and and you know i just had to put a plug in for my little book thing while i was inside, while i was inside and i'm sorry for going over while i was inside i took wow. my time and i used it wisely time didn't mm -hmm. do me i did it That's i made right. sure that it works for me right mm -hmm. and so i ended up writing five books mm -hmm. right the first one is already ah. published um, I had to pull it off the shelf and we're going to revamp it and we'll try to launch it again. But if yeah. anybody can help me get the rest of these things published, I would mm. be also grateful because these are my life experiences. Yes. We got your email there. So like, we're going to be um, reaching yeah. out to you definitely. And we're going to, you know, like, 
gone gone on and you know help you every step of the way with everything that you got to do we I, really I, appreciate you for real thank you thank you i really appreciate it and if anybody uh in the in the audience you know if you can if you know anybody or if anything you could reach out to to gene and ella uh, for me and uh it would go. just you know uh, it, it it helps me to know that my life was not for nothing mm -hmm. right and so if if i can help the next person then you know what i'd say thank you god for my experience now i didn't mm -hmm. like it yeah I didn't. yeah mm -hmm. and i i'm putting it i thought i know god is going to yeah. use it yes Listen, like right now, right now. Go ahead, Gene. You're, Go you're ahead. being a you're being a blessing to someone else. Like yes. there's somebody that's watching it right now, watching this podcast right now that may be going down the wrong road or may have considered doing something that you know would have put them in the same path that you went through. But because of you telling your story, you were able to stop someone. You're 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 a blessing unto yourself and you're a blessing to others. Like I really like you know. I really appreciate your strength and, you know, like, and your trust in God. I want you to continue going in the road that you're going and, you know, just know that you're doing a beautiful thing. God, you, you know, you're, you're basically the example of the rose that grew in the concrete because, rose from concrete, Tupac. Mm. because, because, you know, like from your, un, from your, from your unfortunate circumstances, God, through something beautiful and he's making something beautiful out of you and it's a continual process and you know like we're, we're you know like we're seeing basically the the finished product we didn't get to see you at the other end you know what i mean but you know it's such a blessing like to see where you come from and where you are right now and trust me like i've been there like you know i used to run the streets and you know god called me and he delivered me from that life and to see someone else and you, you know, like I didn't go as far as you went, but listen, like, I appreciate your story. Like it's, it's, it's such a blessing and I'm going to share this. Um, I, I'll be sharing the podcast everywhere. Like I want as many people as can see this to see this because, you know, it's truly amazing. And, you know, and I would love to come back and, and be of service again at any time. You are welcome. Yeah. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. And, and I thank you, the, everyone, for tuning in. Yes. And I think the producer and Gene, you can let me know. I think he put um, Gianna, if you all are interested in emailing Gianna, her email is in the chat. I think her and Magali, but Gianna's in there. Um, yeah. And then I know the movie name is coming soon. He's going to put that in the chat in case people forget, want to come back, you want to rewatch the video, you want to get that movie name. Yeah, it's posted, in the, it's posted in the posted comments in there? already. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. So, yeah. The whole link is in there. Oh, good. So, the whole link is mm -hmm. in there. Excellent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, thank you for that, um, producer. Thank you for putting the link in there. Um, thank you, Gianna, for your story. Thank you for your perseverance, your courage. This, we are not condoning the crime in any way, and Gianna is not condoning the crime in any way. Mm -hmm. We are talking about the transformation yeah. and what has come out and who she is now, because I mm -hmm. can see how elated they are and how encouraging they are, giving you a lot of love from the audience and who Thank you become. And that's mm -hmm. because, and people put in the chat that people make mistakes or whatever, so people are saying, you know, like, 
I make mistakes or whatever. You're giving encouragement right now. I'm getting chills. You're giving encouragement right now. And like Jean said, the video will play. It's going to continue. And it's only greater things from here on out. Thank you. And thank you so we, much. We, we thank you so much. We, we want to thank, thank the you. audience for being here. And thank um, you, I got one thing to say. Come on. Y'all know what that is, right? That's on everything. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. <laughs>